All right. All right. We are dealing with the seed and the inheritance of the seed. So when we look at God's seed, we should all understand we are talking about Christ. Everyone should understand that. The whole body of Christ, the whole church should understand that. We should also understand our inclusivity with him. That when you talk about Christ, you're talking about Christ and his body. So, so we see him and we see in him his body. Okay. We have to come to see that. Has to become part of our nature that we are inclusive in him. It's a big deal to be inclusive in him because that's not how we always think that we are inclusive in the Lord. We have a mentality many times of me and Jesus, of Christ and me. And see, that's not the truth. It's an inclusivity of him and his body. Now, when I say that, we have personal relationships with him. So there's a, there is a personal relationship with me and Jesus. But, but what I'm trying to get to is the separation that many times when we view Jesus, we view it as a separation of me and him, and we're separate. And you know, we're not Jesus, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But on the same note, <clears throat> we're not separate from him. That they may be one as we are one. That's what the Lord declared. That's what he prayed. And if he prayed that, he meant that. So we could take that to heart. We could confess it every day. We, a lot of Christians like to confess a lot of things. You, you know, confession of our faith. Well, maybe that would be one of the greatest things we confess to the Lord is, Lord, you said that we would be one. I in them, thou in me, that we be made perfect in you. That's what you said. So I'm going to receive that. I'm going to confess that. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to declare that. That this is my relationship. One with you. One with you. And. I don't know. We'll see what he does with that. 
I think he'll perfect that in us. That's the aim, the goal. That is your inheritance. If you if you take your inheritance down to a simple term, and we're going to in probably in the next few lessons <clears throat> dive into it, but in a simple term, I believe John seventeen is your inheritance that they may be one. I in them, thou in me, that they be made perfect in one. And how that comes about is in the knowing of the Lord. That's how it comes about, through the Spirit of God. So, so as we look at this tonight, I got a bunch of scriptures, don't know that I'll get to all of them, but let's look at Ephesians 1 to start with. I said Ephesians 1, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it, Galatians 3, and then after we get through Galatians 3, we'll go to uh, Ephesians 1. But in Galatians 3, verse 15, Paul writes, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. I believe we could say who is Christ. So we started here tonight. The seed of God is Christ. Now, I just a question. How do all the promises fit into him? Because Paul says that unto Abraham's seed were the promises made. Okay. And we know the natural inheritance of Canaan to the natural Israelite. But the promise of, of the, I guess, heir of the world, the promise, the, the promises, and we're going to have to delve into them, comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where they come. And when we don't look for them there, we miss it. We look for it somewhere else, we miss it. Now, the seed is Christ. Now, I said we are one with him. We are one with the Lord. And if we read this very chapter, I'll, I'll keep going. I want to jump down in here, but I'll keep going. He saith not to seeds of many, but as of one, and to thy seed who is Christ. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serves the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come 
to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now, I want us to stop here for a moment. We're going to read on down. We see promises made to the seed. We see the inheritance was by promise, not by law, that God gave it. We see this promise was unto life and righteousness. Okay, So the promise is unto life. The promise is unto righteousness. Okay? And none of that could be achieved by the law. You could come over into another scripture here, and you could go, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So the promises that are yea and amen in Christ, and see, I'm getting ahead of myself, Brother Dale. I wasn't going to do this. But the promises that are yea and amen are known by the spirit. That's how they're known. But they're yea and amen in Christ. That's what the Spirit of God wants to show us is all things in Christ. Not telling you the Spirit of God doesn't want to do things in you. I'm sure he does. Sure he does. He may send you to Kalamazoo. He may direct you to do a lot of things but he wants to show you your inheritance and your inheritance is in the person of Jesus Christ. Why does he want to show you that? Because that's going to bring God glory if you possess your inheritance. It's going to bring God glory if you possess your inheritance. Why? What we start off with saying if we summed up the inheritance, I believe John 17 kind of sums it up. That they may be one as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they be made perfect in one. If that's my inheritance, if I come into that, then I'm going to bring glory to the Father. Because I'm one with the Lord Jesus Christ and my lifestyle here in the earth will be one with him. That will bring glory to God by possessing the inheritance. So God gave the promise to be possessed. He didn't just say it to Israel in the natural that they wander around in the, in the wilderness. His intention was they would go in and they would live in the abundance of Canaan. And Jesus just didn't come on the scene and say, hey, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly for us to flounder around and have no life. Now, did he? That wouldn't make sense. So he said that, that there would be an abundant flow of his life coming out of us. And, and that's the measure we are to come to, that it's an abundant flow, that the blessings of Christ we obtain the blessings of Christ, but then the blessings of Christ, we become the blessers of the blessings of Christ. We don't just obtain it for ourselves, but we become the blessers of it. Out of you shall flow 
rivers of living water. Okay? So, so this inheritance is not by law, but it's by promise. But we and ourselves can't achieve it. Because we've tried. Now, let's go back to Galatians 3 where we're at. So we're looking at, till the seed will come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained, that's verse 19, wherefore, then serves the law. It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture have concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, then the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster, for you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What have I been saying tonight? That's what I've been saying. <laughs> and if you be Christ, if you belong to him, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So now, just to touch on it, You'll hear Christians talk about the Israelites coming back to the promise. I'm sure most of us have heard that. But here Paul is saying that those of faith are the children of Abraham and that they are the seed, one seed. Get a hold of that. They are one seed. Why? Because the seed of God, it goes back to John 17, they be one, he's the seed of God, I'm in them, they are in me. So, so the, the inheritance Christ received, he received the whole thing, right? The fullness of God is our inheritance that we be one with him. Now, to me, I, I look at that and I go, my Lord, you, and I believe it's the truth. I believe this is the real truth. Now, Galatians, if I back up in this same chapter, and I did this intentionally, I read the end before I'm going to read this part. He's talking about a promise was made. Now, many promises are in the Old Testament. And I believe you can bring all the promise, promises into the word and the spirit. Now, if I go to verse 8 of Galatians 3, I'm still in Galatians 3. And it says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee, all, in thee shall all nations be blessed. 
So how in Abraham's all nations being blessed? Did you did you see that by the Israelites inheriting Canaan? No. The blessing of Abraham came upon all nations when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and raised from the dead. So this blessing wasn't just to the Jew anymore. So when he come as a man, and we dealt with that a few uh, months ago or, or a year or more ago when we were dealing with the person of the gospel, which we've been putting on YouTube and on Podbean, he come to his own. He come to the Jew, born of the tribe of Judah. And, and many times people don't put that into the gospel with what goes on in the Gospels, they don't think like that, that Jesus come in fulfillment of everything under the old, and he come as a Jew. But when he raised from the dead, he crucified, took in himself, which we know both Jew and Gentile, that the blessing of Abraham, that he would bless all nations. What's he blessing all nations with? The promised Holy Spirit. Now, here you go. That the promised Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Now, people interpret this, and I ain't going to tell you which way is right or wrong. People interpret that as the Holy Spirit is poured out on every man. Another way to consider it, just saying is it's no longer exclusive to only the Jews, but it's now poured out up on all flesh. <laughs> Not just the Jews only. <laughs> like the old covenant. <laughs> it's to all who will receive. Okay? So that's another way of considering that set of Scripture. And I ain't telling you the other one's wrong, but it's another way to consider it. It says, in thee shall all nations be blessed. In thee. And that blessing, like I said, I believe is word and spirit. Well, Jesus is the word. And he poured out the spirit. <laughs> and the spirit shows the word. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I can't get away. In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful, Ab faithful Abraham. Whereas that many are under the works of the law or under the curse. For it's not for it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That why? The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. What's the blessing? That we might receive the promise. I believe you could say the promised with a D, but the promise of the Spirit through faith. My Lord. Now you can peel that back. In Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Joel, you can go on and on with the promised spirit. 
what the Spirit's going to do. I have said a scripture I probably can't get into probably for next week like this of what the Spirit's going to do in regards to restoration or what we call restoring the breach. And that was what had been done to the natural Israel, that the Spirit was going to come in and make it a fruitful field. Find it in Isaiah, Ezekiel. We'll see how much time we have tonight. So, so the Spirit comes and declares to us, which we've talked about many times here, the Lord, the Word. Not just the written Word, but the fulfillment of the Word in the person of Jesus Christ. Or you could say the fulfillment of the written Word the fulfillment of the spoken word in the living word. That's what makes it alive in our hearts is that there's a living word and the living word is Christ himself. So this word becomes alive to us, not just a letter on a page. You know, you read, Behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth. Behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing. And people think, well, someday that's going to happen. And they don't consider this rejoicing people rejoicing in the life of God. They don't consider this is Jerusalem rejoicing. People that are participating in the life of God. I just want to shout this out. What is greater than God living in you? Is there anything greater than God living in you? Maybe you come into a understanding or a possessing in your heart, in your understanding, in your mind of that. Maybe that's it. But but if I break it down to God lives in me. God lives in me. What in the world do we think is greater than that? Can't be. The living God coming to dwell. The only thing greater, I guess, is comprehending it is coming to dwell in it ourselves, living in what he has obtained for you and I. Yes. Glory to the Lamb of God. So so now Ephesians 1, and like I said, I've got scripture this wide that we probably won't look at tonight, but we're going to look at it. I'm going to try to make sure we do. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to tackle something and maybe put it at you a little bit different than you've heard, but verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So all spiritual blessings has been, we've been blessed with. 
according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, his, of the glory of his grace, wherein he have made us accepted in the beloved. So according to the good pleasure of his will, now read it, verse 6, with that. The praise of the glory of his grace. I believe this is a good pleasure of his will, that we come to the praise of the glory of him. Wherein he made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he have abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation or the administration of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained, notice this, we have, obtained in him an inheritance, have, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that, for what purpose? We should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. All right. Now I'm going to read these last three verses, or four, three, four, verse 10 through 13 in the English Standard Version. 10 through 14, as a plan for the fullness of times, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. Mark that. We have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestinated according to the purpose of him who walks works all things according to the counsel of his own will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, we've been taught, many of us, that the Holy Spirit's a down payment. Okay, we got the down payment and someday, you know, kind of way it's been taught according to the groups of teaching. Someday when you go to heaven, you get the rest of it. Or someday when it goes wham out here and this big thing happens, you get the rest of it. What I'm going to suggest to you is the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of you possessing your inheritance. Hear me again. The only way you're going to possess your inheritance is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you ain't going to do it by yourself. 
So God gave the spirit so that you could enter into the things of Christ by the spirit because you couldn't do them by yourself. And they're obtained by the spirit. The spirit, Paul writes, work of mightily in you to God's will. But, and we just read what God's will is that we be to the praise of his glory. <laughs> that, that he would gather all things in one. That so the Spirit's working mightily in us. And so as we receive this, we come to possess that of Christ, I believe anyway, the best I can understand it now, that we know. And this is the ongoing work of the Spirit of God. Because so, so he's the guarantee of our possession of our inheritance. He's not just a down payment. <laughs> like, like people kind of present him, well, he's the down payment, and someday you get the whole thing. He's the guarantee that it's going to happen. The promised Holy Spirit. See, see, John says he shall guide you where? Into how much truth? All truth. So the guarantee that you're going to get guided into all truth is through the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, when he's walking the earth, he tells them, I'm the truth. I'm all truth. Search the scripture. They speak of me. So, so the Spirit picks that up and shows it to you that you would receive it in your heart. Amen? That we would come to the possessing of it. That's what Paul was talking about. I pressed toward the mark for the prize. Of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, the on high call to be a son of God, to live as a son. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not I that live, it's Christ that liveth in me. Now that's that's a statement if we 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 quote it all the time, but it's a statement if we hear it. It's not I that live. The, the work that's going on in Paul, he's telling them, it's not me that's lit, that lives, that's, that's doing this great work. It is Christ living in me and the life I'm living in the flesh. I'm living out of him that lives in me. I live by the faith. I'm comprehending him that is now alive in me. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's our inheritance. Now, in John's gospel, and I'm just going to introduce this to you. This has been moving my heart for some time, and I didn't really understand I was, it would fit into this. 
but it's moving in my heart from a <clears throat> paper someone gave me. And it's a very popular set of scripture. But turn to John chapter 10. Verse 9 through 11, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And we've talked about this a lot. But now verse 10, the thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. <laughs> now, I, I started looking at this. And if you go into Genesis and you say, okay, the thief is the devil, and people say the thief are different things, but let's stick with that for a moment, the thief being the devil. If I go in Genesis 1, you have the you have the devil there coming to, to Eve and deceiving the woman, and then Adam being disobedient, death passing upon all men. The thief cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, a question that popped up into my heart, and I said this to my wife and someone else. So what happened to the devil after Genesis 1? You find the devil in the Old Testament in Job, Satan or the devil. You find maybe references to him in Isaiah, maybe Ezekiel, maybe Psalms. I believe in Psalms. But where did he go? You have this big book, right? When you get in the gospel, there's devils all over the place. Where did the devil go in between? Good question, right? Have you ever thought about it that way? All right. You have the Israelites told to go possess a land, right? If we if we take that old testament and you come, you come after the seed comes. And here, you, you know, Adam's fallen, but God has begun to deal with Abraham and this seed, you know, past Adam. And this seed is given the promises of God. They're to go in and possess the land. All these enemies come against the seed, right? Now, these enemies are in the earth. Philistines. Amorites, Hittites. I, I could say all of those are influenced of the devil, Satan. Okay. And what do they seem to be doing? Keeping Israel from possessing the land. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy what? The promises of God. Destroy the Israelites living in the promise of God. Remember, Jesus came to the Jews. 
Okay. So this, so Jesus is here saying the thief comes not, but for still to kill and destroy. So if I read Isaiah 51 and 52, and <laughs> let, let me let me find which one of the two. I may read them both. I, I know it's going to take a little time, but if I read 50, let's do 51. I've got down one through 16 and 52. I say all. I don't know that I'll do that, but let's go to Isaiah 51. I, I'm just about to shout or jump. My, my old saying was jump out of my skin. Isaiah 51 verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Look unto Abraham your father and Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness may be found therein, thanksgiving in the voice of melody. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light to the people. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and my arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and my arms shall they and on my mine arms shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, look into the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner, but my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of the revelings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool, but my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the ancient days, in the generation of old. Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? Art thou not it which had dried the sea? the waters of the great deep that have made the depths of the sea away for the ransom to pass over. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, even I, am he, he that comforteth you. Who art thou? that thou shouldst be afraid of a man that shall die and of the son of man which shall be made as grass. And forgettest the Lord thy maker that stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the opp oppressor as if he were ready to destroy. And where is the, fur the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastened that he may be loosed and he that shall not, and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread shall fail. But I am the Lord that divideth the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is my name, and I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth, and say unto Zion, Thou art 
my people. <laughs> my God, do we hear Jesus saying now, the thief cometh to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life. He's telling them, I believe, I'm the one that Isaiah saw repairing everything the thief had destroyed. My God, I'm the one that's going to bring joy and gladness. I'm the one that's going to bring singing to Zion. I have come that you might have life. See, the promise is unto life, like we read in Galatians 3. It's to life and righteousness, glory to God. When the Spirit is poured out from on high, it tells you in another place in Isaiah, and I believe Ezekiel, that the wilderness is going to become a fruitful field. Singing and rejoicing. See, what the thief had destroyed, what the thief had done, Christ come and said, I've come. I've, I'm going to bear everything on myself. <laughs> Look to me, just like the Israelites when they're in the desert and the serpents are, are going around and biting them, and Moses lifts up the serpent on the pole and says, look at that serpent and be saved. Jesus is saying, I have come that you might have life. I have come. I'm the one that's repairing everything, that's restoring everything. And it's restored in a greater than it's ever been. See, see, the kingdom was restored in Israel before. You know that? Sure it was. <laughs> they, they went into Babylon captivity, right? They went into captivity, and they came back to Jerusalem and restored again the kingdom. Oh, but it wasn't what the end all was going to be. It wasn't the fulfillment of all things. Jesus comes on the scene and says, I am come. Here's where Isaiah comes to fulfillment. Joy and gladness is found in the city of God, and the city of God are the people of God living in what he's done. My God, I looked at Isaiah 51. This kept working in me. The thief cometh to steal and kill and destroy. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, we, we, we keep saying the thief is coming. You know, people are saying today, the thief's coming to steal and kill and destroy us today. Okay, I'm not here to argue that point one way or another. But, but, but here's what I'm saying. He was under the law. He was speaking to the Jews. Not that it doesn't apply to us. Sure, it applies to us. But Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil, and gave us his life. That we would live in his life. 
you go right on from Isaiah 51 into Isaiah 52. And you, and I and I told you I had it read I had down in my notes to read the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what all it says, but uh, verse one Isaiah fifty two short short chapter. Awake, awake! Put on my on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments. What does Paul tell us? What do we read? We are clothed upon with Christ. Would that be our strength? Would that be your beautiful garments? Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall be there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. We've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been circumcised with Christ. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, you've sold yourselves for naught, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Syrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blaspheme. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Whose name do we know? His name. Whose name do we declare in victory? His name. <laughs> Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. We hear the word of God speaking in us. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bring good tidings, that publishes peace that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigns. Can we say to Zion that Christ reigns? Can we really, really say that? He reigns. He hath destroyed the enemies. He hath come and conquered at the cross the foe of our soul, to bring us into his life. Now you can keep reading on here. But our God reigns. We have been clothed upon with Christ. My Lord, what beautiful garments we have. The garments of praise. What praise? The praise of the Lord, of what the Lord's done. If we could comprehend what the Lord's done, what he's already accomplished, when he bare, made bare his holy arm. <laughs> That's the Lord Jesus Christ. My Lord, what a victory we live in. I have come. I have come. That you may have life. Now that's an inheritance. Not just a life, but the life of God living in you. You living in him. Well, We'll stop here tonight. God bless you, and we'll continue in this study 
um, and next week, Lord willing.